You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 278, I think. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is the undefeated 4-0 Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreennation.com. What's going on, buddy? I'm undefeated, too, just like the Eagles. Uh, it's exciting times, Jimmy. It's the first 4-0. Oh, uh, I was about to say 0-4. Oh that have been bad. For her 4-0 start uh, since the 2004 season. I believe. No? No. They lost to the Chiefs week two. I said. Oh, I thought you said no, 20, 2017. Oh, right. You right. You heard I you said two thousand four. I heard mm. two thousand seventeen because that was a Super Bowl year. Uh yeah. They started out what did they start out two thousand four? How no. long did they go? Uh oh, total? They lost week five. I don't remember. Yeah. They I remember they they lost to the Steelers the first game, I think. I remember listening to that game on the radio. So the only game I didn't watch at the time live, and I felt personally responsible for the Eagles losing because I did not watch them on TV, and I only listened on the radio at the time. Anyway, uh, Eagles are off to a great start. We're off to a great start here on this uh, new format edition of BGN Radio, where we're splitting up the episode this week into a preview show, which is today's pod, and that which is why it's a shorter runtime. And then we'll have the preview pod for the Week Five matchup. Eagles versus the Cardinals later this week, like we usually do in that time frame. But uh, before we get into today's show, Jimmy, right to sell on Craft Jerky, go to right to sell.com, discount code BGN15, BGN15 for 15% off your order now that September is over, as opposed to the BGN20. Um, Jimmy, how are you doing? I'm okay. House to myself, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors is in wow. Paris, gets back on thursday night uh so don't call her until friday if you're looking for a new home or you want to sell yours but if you're a um, french listener who lives in france and you see her you know <laughs> say bonjour do, do hit her up then that's right <laughs> uh lot to get to here i think we should start with the news or maybe more accurately speaking because you put the show notes <laughs> together you think we should start with the news which is injuries uh, you have the list here, Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, uh, Jordan Mailata, Isaac Sayamalo, Jake Elliott. They're all the names uh, probably most worth mentioning. Also, Patrick Johnson is uh, is hurt. Who else Who else don't you have? Those are, the, I think, the big ones. And Nick Sirianni said they all have a chance to play this week. So that's, you know, good news, I guess. And mm-hmm. then obviously this doesn't include um, Brett Toth and Tyree Jackson, who are now eligible to come off of the pup list. And Andre Dillard, who is now mm-hmm. eligible to come off the pup, or the injured reserve. We don't know exactly mm-hmm. what the status of those players are, but it's certainly worth monitoring this week, especially with Mylotta potentially missing time at left tackle. We'll see. Um, Jack Driscoll obviously had to fill in for him. Uh, Zach McPherson had to step in with Darius Slay getting hurt early. Um, that's like mm-hmm. one of the biggest negative things you can say about the team is that the health is, you know, not in tip top shape as it has been for most of the season. Um, and then, yeah, they finally got hit with it. They've they've been very they've had in, good injury luck through the first month of the season, and they finally had some guys go down that are you know worth mentioning. They only have the one season-ending injury, of course, which mm-hmm. is Derek Barnett. Of 
course, we've seen other guys around the league go down. Like Javante Williams is done for the season with Denver. Dak had the the hand injury. I mean, you can you can name a lot of other players that uh, have much more serious injuries than anything the Eagles are dealing with. Uh, but they did finally have uh, some guys go down, and they weathered that storm uh, on Sunday. Uh, in addition to the zero to fourteen mm. deficit that they faced right off the bat uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I will mention on the Dillard point, we do know sort of something about that. And that is, we know he injured his forearm, of course. That occurred on September 1st. And at the time, it was thought to be a four to six week injury. So we are recording this on the morning of Tuesday, October 4th, which means that we are now, what, 33 days removed from his injury. So a little bit under five mm-hmm. weeks. So he should be returning soon, whether that's this week or next week um, to be determined. But I actually think the odds of him getting traded are maybe a little wow. higher now. Dep- I haven't sat down and watched how Jack Driscoll played uh, throughout that game. Anecdotally, I kind of felt like he struggled initially, but then settled in and was fine. Um, but if he can be their swing tackle going forward, if he's like, if, if he, and there, the Jaguars had good edge rushers, of course. So it wasn't like some Mickey mouse challenge that he walked into on Sunday. Like if, if he can, if he can play and he can be like a, a legit, competent, reliable swing tackle, then maybe you trade Andre Dillard for another mm. piece that can help you somewhere else on your roster. I mean, I would not trade him. I mean, with the team looking this good, I would, I would hang on to him at this point. I probably wouldn't either. I mean, it would have to be – if you can get well, something yeah. really I good mean, for yeah, him, though, then you do you, it. You know, again, a high second-round pick, like a really bad team is giving you a second-round pick, and then, sure, I'm I'm thinking about it. But What if you're getting, like, Robert Quinn, for example? For yeah, and also, title? yeah, if it's a, it's a you know, player trade that really helps you win now. The point, you know, the point is, like, if you're trading for a draft pick, like, it doesn't help you win this season, you know, like, and it's everything yeah, should yeah, be yeah. about the season, especially at this point. So, yeah, if you're getting a player who helps you this season, absolutely – um, I will say about Driscoll and our, our good friend Ben Solak, you know, made this point. I think you saw the offense get kind of like dumbed down a little bit when Melody came out of the game. And it, like, I think they were kind of, you know, running certain things to kind of protect Jack, Jack Driscoll a little bit there and weren't running like the full mm-hmm. scope necessarily. And maybe there was some weather, you know, impact in there too. I liked your little pun there. They weathered the storm. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, zooming out a bit, just the performance as a whole, like, uh, it was interesting because they go down 14 to zero. I've seen many an Eagles team that shows that they can go down that big and the vibes are just off for the whole rest of the game. Maybe they kind of claw their way back into it, but don't pull it out. And so I was wondering how they would respond after that. And, you know, the way things are going, it's raining out. It's Doug's return. They're like, is Doug going to get his revenge? Are the Jags indeed like really good and not to be messed with? And turns out the Eagles are able to rally in a big way. And I thought that was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Just, the character of the team as a whole. It's something we needed to see in terms of, you know, they've pretty much been up most of this season. They got down 07 in uh, Detroit, but responded quickly after that. So for them to kind of have adversity like that, I thought that was good to see with the character of the team. And I think the big talking point that everyone likes to keep saying is like, they they can win in different ways. Uh, And I don't think that's, Mm -hmm. to me, that's not just about style of offense, but like, it's about the players too. Like they can win with different players stepping up in big moments. I think that speaks mm-hmm. to the talent of the team. It's a credit to Howie Roseman for the job he's done. Um, obviously Reddick and James Bradbury were huge at the turnovers. And why don't we start with the defense there? Because I think they were kind of the, you know, the unit that deserves maybe the most credit coming out of this game. 
And for all the struggles in week one, Jimmy. Yeah. Real quick. Sorry. On your point that the Eagles uh, regrouped, rebounded, you know, took the shot in the face and, you know, came back in that game. You look at the Jaguars previous two games against the Colts and the Chargers where they got leads in that game. And those leads went from bad to worse for the Colts and Chargers. And those teams were not able to rebound against this Jaguars team Mm -hmm. and the Eagles did. So uh, they they did something this year uh, that, that the, I mean, the Chargers are a good team. The Colts probably not so much, Uh, but the the, the Eagles were, were able to rebound while a good team in the Chargers was Chargers got some injuries in that game, but so did the Eagles. So like, you know, the Eagles faced a similar adversity to the Chargers and they stepped up and the Chargers came back in a way where it was like decisive. It wasn't like came back in a way where they just edged them out. Yeah, the game wasn't yeah, that like, close. Like, it was, you know, one score game <laughs> at the end, ultimately. But like, you know, yeah. the Eagles were back in control at one point, and if they convert that two point conversion, then it would have, you know, would which I I like the call for it to go for that, by the way, because it would have made it Me a three too. possession game. Then it's not even, you know, it's not even a one possession game at the end there. Um, all right. So speaking of the defense, we a lot of criticism, rightfully so, for Jonathan Gannon after Week One, but this defense mm-hmm. in the last three weeks they allowed seven points. The Vikings, they allowed just six offensive points to, to the commanders because you have to factor the safety in there. And then taking out the mm-hmm. pick six, they allowed just 14 points to the Jags um, with, you know, the first score coming early on. And then the defense really settling in and allowing that, um, you know, so, uh, kind of a little too leaky late on. But really impressive stuff from them. And the takeaways have been a big factor. Take a, taking the ball away. Like I will say uh, like the rain certainly helped them in that <laughs> there's the first play sure. where Trevor Lawrence can like just run for a first down or throw and he just, just for no good reason with it. no one even around him, no one chasing <laughs> him down, like super close. I think it hit yeah, his like, leg. the ball bumped into him and he just dropped it. And that's so that's just bad luck. And then he, he dropped the other one on like the third and short and Heretic was able to come up with that in a big pile. Yeah. Um, so the Eagles absolutely did get lucky, but also they made their own luck in terms of like the, the Reddick <laughs> strips uh, or you know, two forced fumbles, mm-hmm. which is like, um, this is one of those things that like, I, it makes me feel like the one time I might know what I, I'm talking about because this is something I've, I've been beating this drum the whole offseason. I'm like, it's not just about that Reddick can get to the quarterback. It's that he can get to the quarterback and knock the ball out. Like, this is something, mm-hmm. this isn't just luck. Like, he has demonstrated he is very good at four fumbles. So that was big. And then the James. You know, it's funny. He didn't even get to the quarterback really either on that one or his four fumble on Wentz the week before. Right. He was blocked, but he still just. Reaches yep. his hand over and gets it in the gets it in the area of the quarterback's throwing motion. You you expect that from Carson Wentz. Uh, maybe not. I don't I don't know how often mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence fumbles or whatever. But he did the same thing with Lawrence. He just got he just got his hand in the area of where his throwing motion was going to be. He knocked the ball out. So he doesn't even have to necessarily destroy the left tackle or the right tackle or whoever's blocking him like to get to you know make these plays. And by the way, he did destroy <laughs> he that left Juwan tackle Taylor. on the yeah. other sack that he had. Holy shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> Man, that push pull you. We talk about like posterizing a guy in, in basketball. He he posterized that dude on that pass rush. Just push, pull, move, throw him to the ground and then got to Lawrence. That's going to be like the highlight sack of the uh, mm-hmm. highlight reel sack of the year uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, to your point about Trevor Lawrence fumbling, I I know he has one of the quickest times to throw this year. So it's like, I can't imagine it's mm-hmm. like a high number. I can easily look this up. But, you know, the point being like it's it's even more impressive that he got to him twice and got the ball out against you know a quarterback who typically doesn't hold on to it forever like Carson Wentz typically tends to do um so that was really impressive James Bradbury having that pick which took off points 
uh, took points off the board for the Jags at a point where they were trying to come back. Also really big. And that was just him like, Gannon dialed up a perfect time to, to yes. seven, but also uh, like Bradbury made too. the play. Like he, you know, he, it was yep, a play sure. made by, it wasn't just like a gift pick. Like he did a great job of jumping it and making, and making yep. a tough catch in the rain, like a diving pick. So um, are are you buying Jonathan Gannon? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's shown. Uh, so we'll also, we should note too, that the lions are lighting up everyone else That's true. <laughs> on offense too. They, they lead the like, NFL they, they're one of, they, they still can't, win games but yeah they they lead the NFL in scoring they're scoring i think 35.6 points per game and they also lead they're also number one offense in the in the league yeah. yardage wise by so their 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 games average between you know their, them and their opponent over 70 points per game <laughs> the next closest team is the chiefs uh at 56 so like they're those they're the games that they're in they're averaging two more touchdowns per game than any other team in the league. So you can almost kind of forgive the Eagles performance week one, maybe uh, with, with the way that they've played against everyone else that's been on their schedule so far too. So uh, that game isn't looking as bad as maybe it did after week one was over, but certainly these last three weeks with the way the Eagles have shut down opposing rushing attacks, the way they've shut down opposing passing games and with the way that they've been ball Hawks on the back end slay, particularly against the Vikings, Bradbury with the, with the great play against the Jaguars here. Vontae Maddox had a, had a great interception. And then the pass rush has been awesome. And it just, hasn't just been one guy. It, they've gotten production from Reddick, from Sweat. Jordan Davis has gotten pressure, hasn't mm-hmm. gotten a sack yet. Fletcher Cox looks like maybe not the Fletcher Cox of old, but something you know in between that and mm-hmm. what he was last year. Uh, J- Javon Hargrave has had some great rushes just all across the board. They're getting production from all these guys along their defensive line. They're really deep and really talented there. And uh, the defense is really coming. And by the way, TJ Edwards is awesome. And Kyrie White has been, has been a good addition so far. Extension? I would. So he would probably be near the top of my list. Um, I'm curious what kind of market, you know, he, he could expect if he did hit the free agent market you know, next off season. But if I'm Howie, yeah, I'd be looking to, to lock him up long-term. Don't yeah. mess with it. Like he's playing great. And you finally, you're finally getting good linebacker play for the first time in what, like a half distance, like Nigel Bradham was good in 2017. Like, you know what I mean? So him and Kaiser white, both, um, you know, scheduled to become free agents next off season. You gotta, I think you have to keep at least one of them. And TJ would be my top yep. choice, of course, with, you know, Nicobe Dean, maybe, you know, being elevated into a starting role in 2023 and beyond. But yeah, TJ would be the guy that I target for, for an extension for sure. Yeah, I would too. I think there's, I don't know if he's the biggest rah-rah guy, but he doesn't need to be. I think he has a lot of respect in that locker room too. And I think for he's sure. a good locker room guy to have around in addition to being a good player. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely think he's playing into a long-term kind of contract. Um, but yeah, you mentioned it, like the talent, everything's clicking. <laughs> They're taking the ball away. I think the scheming you can you, you like um, you like the talent making plays. Um, it's all kind of coming together, and this is the standard that we said this had to be met. Like this can't just be a eh, you know kind of good defense. They have to be like a really good defense, a great defense even. And I think recently, more often than not, than not this year. And by the way, with the Lions, like they had Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DJ Shark and DeAndre Swift for, Swift for that game, whereas like they just 
put up 35 points on the Seahawks for a lesser team, but they did that with like missing all those guys. So, you know, I mean, the Eagles got like a good, the best version of the Lions too. Um, if you want to, you know, factor that in and give them some more grace for that performance, still think they could have done better. Um, but you know, it's, it's the context certainly is worth pointing out by you. I guess I would say like, what's the weak point of this defense, if anything? And obviously, let's let me acknowledge here that you know the injuries are an issue of Slay and Maddox missed time. Although Maddox did miss time, and I, you know the Eagles didn't let Christian Kirk totally destroy them, which you know was a concern. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, they were helped by Zay Jones missing the game. That was you know a break for the secondary. Um, but yeah, what's the weak point of this defense? Christian Kirk had like seven. His first seven targets were incomplete, and there was the mm-hmm. pick. Uh, the, the ball was intended for him on that Bradbury pick. Uh, I'd say that I don't want to say a weakness necessarily because I don't think he's playing badly really, but I think that when the, the, the you know the Eagles have given up plays, they've been in the yep. neighborhood of uh, watch out, CJ, he's gonna, DJ. He's gonna find uh, you, <laughs> Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Uh, I didn't put it in writing, so he someone's can't gonna, reply. He can't someone's gonna record this to, <laughs> and snitch tag, gonna, and then he's gonna, gonna light you up. <laughs> but I mean, he has given up plays and. Uh, the, the, the one play that really stands out in my mind that he, that he gave up was, uh, and it wound up not being incomplete, but when Irv Smith of the Vikings mm-hmm. got behind him, that should have been a touchdown, but he just dropped it. Um, but yeah, he's, he's gotten, uh, he's been out of position uh, a number of times and, you know, kind of to be expected to some degree because he's new to the team and he's kind of new to the position mm-hmm. he is in terms of playing like that played, far off the ball his, his snaps mainly and you did a breakdown of this i think of where his mm-hmm. snaps came from with the saints last year in terms of uh slot versus outside corner versus linebacker versus like free safety type position i don't know if you know that breakdown he played offhand. like 80 career uh, free safety snaps which is not a lot over four or five seasons whatever yeah <laughs> right and uh i think think there is something about like Malcolm Jenkins noting that uh he like he's a good player like Malcolm says he's a great player or whatever but um probably hit like the area that he has to improve most is in that free mm-hmm. safety spot so um yeah it's uh I wouldn't be super concerned about it yet but if he does continue to give up plays, then it does kind of become a concern at some point. And the Eagles can adjust too; like they can have Marcus Epps play more on the back end, um, and you know, give uh, CJGJ more of like the the box uh, robber uh, type responsibilities. But that would be the the one spot on the defense that hasn't stood out in a in a in a very positive. I think they've it's been positive across the board. Otherwise. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think there is something to, uh, he could potentially get better as the season goes along and he has more time to adjust to the position and adjust to uh, the Eagles defense and everything. So I don't think it's a, it's a hopeless cause, but I mean, if you're another team, I feel like that's what you should be trying to do is find a way to like go after him in some way. Um, Missed tackles have also been an issue. I know I, I I noticed one of those uh, like very, uh, distinctly in this game, and I'm looking up his count for the season. Sure enough, he leads the Eagles in missed tackles with seven. That doesn't surprise me at all. So that's been an issue mm. with him. At, Where are you getting that pro PF football effect. reference? Um, so that yeah, will be up there real quick, and and that matches like anecdotally. I've been seeing that like he's good for at least like a missed tackle or two each game. So he's actually, if I'm not mistaken, let me sort the grading here. He is the Eagles' second lowest graded defender so far by PFF for what it's worth. Uh, Josiah Scott is under him. Um, I thought Scott did okay, relatively given the situation. Um, not to say he had a great game, but 
Um, he did have a good pass breakup at one point that helped force a third down. I remember. Uh, all right. Anything else on the, the tackling note? Yeah. Uh, that was one of the major reasons they gave up 35 to the lions, by the way. Yes. They couldn't, they couldn't tackle in that game. Their tackling has gotten much better since, since week one. True. So I think that's another sign for, you know, absolutely improved defensive play. And that was, you know, a big talking point after week one. And Jonathan Gatton had to answer a lot of questions uh, about their tackling and the kind of training camp they ran uh, this off season. But that seems to be deep in the rear view mirror. Yeah. We talked about that. There's, I think there's a trade off there. It's like, that might have to be something Mm -hmm. you live with at the, the net cost of a win because you're staying healthier overall. Um, all right. Anything else in the defense? No, I think we pretty much uh, covered it all. But yeah, players are playing well. Scheme seems to be good. And uh, it's all coming together. All right. So we're going to take a break here, but not before we hear about Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors, and RoachRealtors.com. Her phone number is 856-906-9295. If you but don't call it now. are looking to buy or sell your home. Actually, you still can. You can text her. Okay. She'll, she'll respond. Um I've talked to her a few times. Again, 856-906-9295. Brandon. We'll be back after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school That might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, which is brought to you by Kristen Roach of RoadTrailers.com and also Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Go to RighteousFelon.com. The website's free. Use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Free to check it out. It costs money to buy the stuff, but you use the discount code and you get a 15% discount code. All right. Jimmy, let's flip to the offense, which uh, Miles Sanders had a career game. Big story coming Mm -hmm. out of this one. I think the Miles Sanders discourse is very interesting. I was listening to you know, our friends over at Birds with Friends, and uh, Bo, our, our friend Bo, had a had a spicy take, which I actually I don't think he was crazy, but I think some people would think he is. And he was kind of like his takeaway from this game that he said, 
and I want to bring this up to you because it, it's something I also texted you during the game. It's funny that we both had the same takeaway. His takeaway was like, man, like if the Eagles had, you know, like a true stud bona fide, like no questions asked, like kind of running back, mm-hmm. like it's hard not to think about like what that back could do in this offense. Not to say that Sanders was bad, but just to think like what an absolute total stud could do. And I don't know if you noticed this, but I texted you the same thing during the game as it was happening. I was like, what if they had like, you know, like a really, really yeah. good running back and Sanders had a career day, but he like his career day wasn't like an amazing game in terms of like total running back, like the best running backs in the league by their standards. Right. I thought he ran hard, um, which I think you pointed out and he did what they needed to do. He had that big run. I'm, I'm not trying to criticize him I, I think we need to see more of this is the point and I my my point of contention would be I feel like some people are acting like he's been good all season this good all season long and I would disagree with that and I have evidence to back that up I was looking at this chart last week um, in terms of uh, rushing yards over expected and EPA uh, that's you know measured by uh, PFF Miles Sanders had like one of the very worst rushing yards Overexpected per rush in hmm. the NFL entering Week Four, and oh, okay, I thought yes, okay, all right, that entering makes more Week sense. Four. Yeah, so I okay. think you know it's 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 tough because I think as a general point in life, we need to measure things against expectation. Like you can look at Miles Sanders four point five yards per carry, let's say, and like oh, that's good. That and that is a good number in a vacuum. But if he could have had eight yards per carry, which is an insane number, but in, in theory. If like that is was easily attainable, then it's a disappointment that he's at four point five. So like, <laughs> yeah. and that's what that stat is measuring. So not to like, I'm not trying to rip Sanders here, but I'm saying like we need to see more of this. This isn't like, oh, he's had a great season because he had this game. Like, no, I want to see more of this performance. Yeah, and I think it was great against the Commanders uh, in particular. Uh, this last game against against Jacksonville, we, he he carried but 27 times. I think his previous career high. I don't remember what, 23, 24, maybe, but he's only had 20 carries in a game, I think three times in his career, Mm -hmm. three or four or something like that. So 27 was sort of an anomaly for him. And what do you have? 134 and a couple touchdowns. I thought for the most part he got, and this is anecdotally speaking, I wrote about this uh, in my like 10 awards without having the benefit of actually, you know, (laughs) watching the, uh, like the coach's film or or even just rewatching the game at all. Uh, if he it did indeed, you know, pretty much get uh, most of the meat on the bone uh, for for his carries, which has traditionally kind of been the concern for him. Like he is, he's certainly capable of hitting a home run uh, here and there, but uh, sometimes that comes at the expense of not getting the eight, nine, ten yards that are blocked up for him that turn into four or five yard rushes. But I think for the most part, against in this in this Jacksonville game, he did a good job of that. I had a couple of people disagree with me on that. Mm. So I'm actually interested in seeing uh, the rewatch to see again, I haven't rewatched the game at all yet. So I'm interested in, on the rewatch to see, you know, what he actually did with his carries. But for the most part, I was encouraged by his game uh, week, week four. I think he's done a decent enough job catching the football so far. Like there haven't been any really egregious drops so far. I thought he looked explosive in this game. There was the one play where he was running across the field and he just beat, three Jaguars uh, got around them to got, got, got the corner on them. And I uh, was able to get more yards just with sheer speed, being able to outrun those guys. Um, and I think we saw that in training camp too, where he's looked, he looked more explosive in camp. 
than he had uh, in the previous three camps of his career. So he's going to be an interesting player to kind of monitor over the next, you know, four or five weeks leading up to the trade deadline, because I think running back is a position along with edge rusher, edge rusher depth or, you know, a stud, whatever. I think edge rusher, you can find anything like a star player. You could add, you know, just a depth guy. I think, you know, all options are open at the trade, trade deadline for that, but also running back if they wanted to, you know, add to that, to that room, like they did in 2017 with JHI, that's on the table. And if he can stay healthy and he can run as well as he did against, or the way that I perceived he ran against Jacksonville, then, you know, he can maybe dissuade uh, the Eagles from going that route. Uh, but if he can't stay healthy and he does run like he did like week three against the commanders, for example, then I think that the Eagles are going to be aggressive and, and try to add another running back. Before they try to add anyone, I'd like to see a little bit more of Trey Sermon, baby. Two carries for 19 yards. <laughs> yeah, he, two, he, two for 19? Some yeah. juice there. Like, they look good. Yeah. It's a small sample size, but like I'd like to see a little bit more of him. And uh, to a larger point about running the football, nice to see the Eagles can still do that. Not a surprise, but in terms of how difficult their offense is to defend it's like okay it's raining our passing game really isn't there early on Jalen Hurts has like the worst throw of his the season by far yeah and maybe yeah. the wind was a factor rain whatever um but you know really really bad throw ultimately and bad mm -hmm. play by him a rare bad play incredibly rare bad play by him um but they just like pivot to the running game and it just works because of course it does because they have a great offensive line even though Mylotta and Samalo got banged up and they have a decent enough, at least, talent at running back um, to make things work. And obviously a really good run coordinator in Jeff Stoutland. And mm -hmm. it's just, again, it's just like, okay, you're going to, our passing game's not there. Okay, we'll just pivot to the run and we'll win anyway. Like, there's just, it's not like last year where it's like they, if they weren't running the ball, they certainly weren't having a, you know, efficient and high volume passing offense. So that kind of just speaks to their ability to win in different ways. But also wh while we're talking about the running backs, this is a nitpick. And I want to gauge your the temperature with you, or, or yeah, the, gauge the temperature uh, with you. I guess whatever. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Is what I'm trying to say. How do you <laughs> feel about Kenny Gainwell's utilization in this offense? Yeah. So I mean, before the season even began, we kind of saw in training camp that they were force feeding that a little bit, and I wondered uh, aloud whether the Eagles were better served just targeting their best players and not necessarily trying to um, get cute and win the matchup game with Kenny Gainwell against a linebacker or Kenny Gainwell against a safety or whatever. Just you have AJ Brown, you have Devonte Smith, you have Dallas Goddard throw it to those guys. <laughs> like maybe some, sometimes uh, football doesn't have to be, you don't have to make football more complicated than it is. You know, just just throw to your, you know, get the ball to your best players and, and allow them to make plays. And I do think they have maybe a little too much Kenny Gainwell in their in their playbook and in their game plans. Um, and when they've gone to him, he hasn't produced for the most part. He had a touchdown run uh, in this last ten yard touchdown run in this game. It was wide open, and he just basically walked into the end zone. Yeah, I was getting um, dunked on that because I tweeted early in the game, and, and our <laughs> Shane Half pointed this out in the post game show as well because the same similar thing happened to him. It was like, oh, this this tweet aged like milk. I'm like, I mean, it's a it's a solid run. Like the the and St Shane Steichen in his press yeah. conference on Tuesday pointed out like how the offensive line did an amazing job on that play. Not that he was trying to rip Gainwell. He was he was praising the line, but it's like. Give me a break. Like, cause he, okay, he's a good, and honestly, I don't, I don't hate 
the idea of using him as a ball carrier as much as I don't yeah, it's like fine. that forcing the, the targets to him, which are too many. Yes. He has, listen, listen to this. He has 19 total touches this season for 73 yards. That's 3.8 yards. Uh, yeah, I think in the passing game in particular, it's like he's averaging like three point something yards per target. Yeah, and you have Dallas Goddard right. averaging twelve yards per target. You have AJ Brown averaging like ten point nine or something like that. I think Devontae is at nine point nine. So these guys are all they're all highly efficient players when you're yes. when you're going to them in the passing game and you're screwing around trying to throw the ball it's to Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, and I mean this and this doesn't even have to be Kenny Gainwell specific. Um, keep developing. Absolutely. Keep, keep trying to get him to be, you know, what you hoped he was going to be when you drafted him, which is sort of like a Naheem Hines type of player. Uh, but he just hasn't, he's not that yet and keep developing him to become that. But in the meantime, in these games, <laughs> just get it to your best players is, uh, is, is sort of what I would say. And it, th- this was a concern of mine heading into the season. And I don't think it's a huge one because it's not like they've gone to him in bulk, but I think we just sort of notice it more when it goes his way because they've come in maybe not necessarily high leverage situations, but um, they, I think some of the plays, the negative plays that have gone his way have led to stalled drives. I mean, he has twice as many targets this season as Wes Watkins does. So. Yeah, that's um, fair. Uh, anyway, that's just one nitpick, but that's the one thing like if you know, you're like, we kind of did the defense. If you're looking for like a weakness or something they can improve upon, that would definitely be one of the things to me. Um, another thing that I can criticize if we're going to criticize here, because I mean, there's a lot to praise. Obviously, we, I already said the, the you know offensive line was great, um, even losing <laughs> players. AJ Brown's tackling, which he tweeted about after the game, basically. Yeah, that, he explained it that he you know tried to force a fumble. <laughs> I have a tough time like seeing where that was happening, though. I mean, like his plan was to let him like run by and then try to get it out from behind. Like that seems like a bad plan. Uh, and also. Like, you get paid to, like, AJ, like, you know, the Eagles are paying you to, like, catch the balls. And also, like, they're not paying you to force fumbles. And also, they're paying the defense a ton of money, like, to do their job. And the defense has played well recently. Uh, So, like, you know, just get them down. Like, just get them down and let the defense do their job. I mean, hopefully he's learning. Let me find his tweet so that. I have it here. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah, yeah, read it it so so that they know what you're talking about. Yeah, so he tweeted out after the game. And he's obviously been one to, or he's not been shy to, uh, to weigh in like he, cause he, everyone thought he had that drop in training camp, but then he had to set the record straight. He tweeted lack right. of effort, colon, no parentheses, never bad decision, colon. Yes. LOL. My thought process was to strip the ball and get it back because defensive guys don't know how to carry the ball, but I got blocked. I'll just tackle him next time. LOL. Forgive me. And then it's a SpongeBob gif of him on his knees pleading for forgiveness. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's a, a good response by him because he did take accountability for it. At least he said, next time I'm just going to tackle him. Yeah. But I think what he was doing was just, I think he was just kind of creeping back behind the, uh, who was it? Cisco. Yeah. But he like, uh, let him run by him though. <laughs> yeah. I think, but I think he's, I understand it. Like, I, but I think his idea was like to just kind of creep and maybe he switches the ball to the other hand, at which point you punch it out. Uh, don't, but it, don't worry but, about yeah. that. Let the defense just next time job. just tackle yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Who's gonna be like, oh, I can't believe AJ Brown didn't force a fumble on that? Like, come on. Like, I get, I, I respect the ambition in theory, but next time, yeah. Anyway, um, so that's like the nitpicky stuff of the offense. Uh, we didn't get to Jalen Hurts. I meant to mention Jalen Hurts. I thought had 
an interesting game in the sense that like he didn't light up the stat sheet by any means. Um, his, his worst game of the season, you would say, probably on the whole. At the same time, he was a catalyst for the win in that like that mm-hmm. very big touchdown run, which the Eagles got set back by a really dumb penalty uh, on Goddard, which is, is a garbage penalty. Uh, that wiped <laughs> Crazy out. penalty. Just, yeah. Like, what are we? Is this football? Like, like, just ridiculous. He was just standing straight up. Yeah. And he and the, it was weird because he and the defensive back were just kind of like, it was almost Hanging like they out. were like, they were like uh, seventh graders Slow at, at the school dance. Yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't blocking that guy. He was just standing there. Yeah. And the defender wasn't even like trying super hard to get through him. <laughs> he wasn't trying at all. That guy was just kind of standing there too, whoever that was. Um. So, yeah. That gets wiped out, and the Eagles get back set back to like what, like first and goal at the twenty-two or whatever twenty. Um, they're set back considerably, and Hertz has the run on third down, and then has the run on fourth down. Takes a huge shot from Devin Lloyd mm-hmm. as he gets into the end zone, gets right back up as he does. That's kind of Jalen Hurts' thing. Like when he takes a big hit, he he doesn't want to show weakness. He wants the defense to be like you know they can't mm-hmm. like revel in taking a big hit. He gets right back up, shows them that he's fine, doesn't bother him, doesn't phase him. Just scored a touchdown. Uh, Eagles players get all excited about it. He doesn't even get hype about it. He just like you know just stands there, looks at the crowd. Uh, so that was pretty awesome. I think he was hurt after that hit. Like they sure. they showed a close up of his face, and it, like you could tell, like oh yeah, that hurt a little bit. But he doesn't want like, to show right. that. Like, with he his does body get language. up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Jim Kelly was like the uh, the he was like the guy back in the day. You could hit him as hard as you as you, as you want. He just he would never show that he was hurt. There was this video going around a while ago. I had to find that where, ah, man, I I think it was going around Eagle Twitter a little bit. This dude is getting like pummeled in the face and just not reacting. <laughs> uh, I think it was at, like a, it was a game. I think it was at like a Phillies game or I forget or an Eagles game a while ago. Some kind of sports game. Maybe not even Philly sports. Dude is getting just like wailed on. <laughs> and I don't know if he was like drunk or just trying to be super tough, but just like not reacting. And it's so funny to me because he's just getting like pummeled anyway. <laughs> Um, that's the second week in a row where punching in the someone getting punched in the face. Last week I said, uh, you know, you should punch yourself in the face if you boo Doug. And this week, uh, right. talking about that, and then but, you uh, backed off that, and I said, no, don't back off that. Well, I didn't want to condone violence, but well, if it's yeah, okay, all right. I was yeah. gonna say self violence is okay, but it's not. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a weird. Thing. <laughs> no, don't say that. Uh, all right. Anyway, so yeah, I thought Hertz uh, was. He like he made the plays that needed to be made. Ultimately, they had some big um, conversions with AJ Brown. Um, yeah, here's what I'll say about Hertz in this game. So I look at like each of the first four games that he's had, and we talked earlier about how the Eagles as a team are winning in a variety of ways. Well, he's playing well in a variety of ways too. So I think like his best trait in each of these four games has been something different every game. So week one, he beat the Lions with his legs. Uh, they they blitzed the hell out of him, and he still picked up a ton of like first downs uh, by running the ball. It's week two, his accuracy was just on point against this, uh, you know, Vikings zone defense, putting the ball uh, out on time and in a spot where his receivers could get yards after the catch. Week three, poise. We look at like the, uh, the end of the first half um, situation where he gets tackled on third down. Calmly but quickly gets everyone up to the line, calls his own play, not even plays, not even in the playbook, makes his own call on the play, hits Devontae in the back of the end zone on, on, you know, Devontae, of course, makes a great play where he mosses Kendall Fuller. And then this, and then this game is toughness where he just 
they had to have that. T- by the way, it was a great call, by the way, for, for uh, Nick Sirianni to go for that. I think you'd see a lot of other head coaches be cowards in that situation yes. and just kick the field goal. What was it? Fourth and fourth and goal from the two or the three? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. The, three? I don't the really, first touchdown cares. you're talking about? The, yeah, when he ran it in. Yeah. I thought that was like the sixth. I thought that was a little further oh, out. Oh, maybe it was. Anyway, I don't remember, but it, I mean, they, they had to have that score had to, and he knew it. And he, he, like, he, he was going to get into the end zone on that play come hell or high water. And he took a huge shot. He knew three. that shot was coming from the three. Okay. He knew that shot was coming and he took it. And like you said, he, he got up and just showed his teammates. Like, uh, I mean, you, you play with a guy like that and it makes you kind of want to run through a wall for him. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I, back to the point, like, I, I think that he, uh, in addition to the team as a whole, has shown that he can win games in a variety of ways this season where maybe that wasn't the case uh, in his first two years in the league. I also think it's so, like, rare to see quarterbacks actually be vocal leaders. Like, you don't see that a lot. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of breaking down the huddle and stuff, and he does that. Carson Wentz never did that. Um, but even, like, you know, some of the guys you might think might be better leaders or some of the biggest leaders in the league just because of the, you know, the the nature of their star sure. status and their of the position they play. But like that's not always the case. And I think that's it's really it's like rare somehow. You you wouldn't think it's rare, but to me it seems rare at least in the Eagles history too. When's the last time the Eagles had a guy like that? It's been a while. Like Vic maybe to some extent, um but I don't even know fully. Uh so I think that's really uh fun It makes Jalen Hurts even more easy to root for. Uh, so I think in addition to what he did uh, on the field, off the field is super valuable. And he didn't turn the ball over after the one really bad play. Like, obviously, that was huge. After that, he took care of it and he did enough and they were able to win. So I, like, did you see the clip of your boy, Russ? Oh, no. Telling his teammates to yell run or pass. I did. That was in week one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I can't defend Russell Wilson. I can't. I can't even. I don't even want to talk about. It. If I were a defensive player or like an offensive lineman or something, Shut the hell up. And the quarterback is yelling at me to yell. It's like calling my number out specifically and telling me to yell "run" or "pass" uh, to the defense on the field. I'd be like p- praying for a piano to fall out of sky on <laughs> on his head. I um. <laughs> one thing I I always have believed with Hertz is the big winner energy thing. I've always thought he's had that. I just yeah. wondered about the mm-hmm. talent. With Russ, I think I discounted the big loser energy too much because he had it's the opposite. He had the talent, but the the BLE was just too much. And it's and he did win. He, sure, he did win a Super Bowl. But should have won a second one. Yeah, 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 yeah. It hasn't resulted in as many wins as it should have. Uh, so uh, elsewhere in the offense, just real quick, wanted to mention continue to dominate in the second quarter. I don't know what it is, but the Eagles that's just that's their quarter, baby. They did yeah. score in the second half this this game, which is a new development. Um, but they just they they dominate in there, and I don't know why that's a thing, but it is a thing. Do you have any thoughts on that? Just the end of the half scoring is huge. Mm. Like the last two minutes of the of the half, they've gotten twenty six points uh, within the last two minutes of the first half, and they've done it in every game. Field goal against the Lions. The Lions even called a timeout in, in hoping that they're going to get the ball back, and that backfired on them. And a lot of these drives have, in this past game. They got the end of half touchdown and the a subsequent missed uh, PAT, but that was off of, uh, I believe, I think that was the Reddick fumble recovery, not the strip sack, but like where Lawrence dropped the ball. Yeah, third um, and short. It, it was QB sneak. Yeah. Um, so it was a short field on that one. But in the other three games, 
they've put together these long drives uh, at the end of the first half, and they've gotten like big chunk plays. The Commanders game stands out in that regard where uh, they got a, a chunk play to Devontae, a chunk play to, to Brown, and then they got the 44-yarder to Devontae down to the one uh, before that sequence where incomplete, incomplete, tackled on the run play, and then Hurts calling his own play and hitting Devontae in the back of the end zone. Um, they had two scores within the final two minutes against the Vikings. <laughs> they scored a touchdown, and then uh, they got a quick three and out, get the ball back from their own five, by the way, with not a lot of time, and uh, they got a couple chunk plays down the field, and they kicked a field goal. Uh, so they got 10 points uh, in the last two minutes of the first half against them. But they've just – there's it makes a huge difference. So I looked this up. Last year, they were – Seven and one, I think, when they scored within the final two minutes of the first half, mm-hmm. and two and seven when they didn't. <laughs> so, like, you know, that's not the end all be all for, of course, you know, winning football games or not, but it is a big advantage if you can get that final score of the first half, especially uh, if you, the Eagles always defer mm-hmm. when they win the coin toss. So, if you're if you're getting the ball back again at the end of at, you know the beginning of the second half, it is a huge advantage to be able to get those points, and not only just from you know the scoreboard perspective, but it gives you a kind of added momentum going into halftime and, and you feel out, you know, you feel good about, you know, coming out and playing the second half. The Patriots were always good at that, like being able to do yeah. that, like going into half and then coming back out in the second half and, you know, just like really kind of pulling away. And and like, that's mm-hmm. like where the, like the guts of the game and like really like, you know, uh, establishing themselves at that point. So um, definitely uh, a positive thing. I think you have to give Sirianni credit for that, like good situational football. Obviously Steichen's calling the plays. Yep. Sirianni on the whole, like, you know, I think the culture, the vibes are incredibly good with this team, which has a lot to do with the players, but I think he helps foster that as well. I think that's definitely an edge he gives them. I would say he was great at being aggressive. Again, I love the call to go for two there. You make it a three possession game. It's a mm-hmm. no brainer. Uh, there was some debate. Also going for it at the end of the game, yeah. which they didn't get. But going forward at the end of the game, and they didn't get, they didn't pick up the first down, right. and it was like, uh oh, the Jacks can drive down and score a touchdown and get the uh, get the two points going to overtime, and Reddick ended that. Did real you quick. like that call? I, I, so it was a combination. I I talked to Jake Elliott in the locker room after the game. He was fine with with the with the call because mm-hmm. he was he said he was hurt and uh, and the wind was brutal he just heading into that direction of the stadium at that end of the so, stadium. They he felt Sirianni felt that they they had a better chance of converting the fourth down conversion than they did making that field goal. Sure. Of, in in a normal situation, of course you're kicking that field right. goal a hundred times out of a hundred, but uh, it wasn't a normal situation. So mm-hmm. uh, I'll defer to to Nick in that scenario, knowing how hurt Elliot exactly was, and we're in the press box. We don't know exactly how <laughs> you know awful the weather is on the field itself. Uh, I'll defer to him and, and his decision making on that one. I, I, I mean, it's it's a it's a pure decision there. It's do I think that this play will work better or this play will work better? So the play that he picked didn't work, but uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I, I think that uh, we can kind of give him the leeway to make the decision on which play he thinks has the better chance of of converting. Well, like and AJ Brown had the ball in his hands and he dropped it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, right? Like, it wasn't like oh this. They called a terrible play to like the Pascal run or mm-hmm. something really like weird that didn't have a great chance. Had every chance of succeeding. AJ Brown has to make that catch. It's a catch he makes yeah. probably ninety nine out of a hundred times. Um, so it just didn't happen. And even the same thing with the Devontae Smith um, kind of drop slash maybe ball could have been thrown a little bit better uh, on the two point conversion attempt. Like the ball was right there. It wasn't even like a bad play. Uh, just didn't 
execute. And, um, you know, that's going to happen at some points. Eagles were able to survive, got the win. They're four and no, four and no, crazy. And looking ahead, very, you know, very attainable path to keep on winning and keeping that undefeated record going, having the 72 Dolphins shaking their boots, maybe. Uh, we'll, that's right. We'll see. Um, that's one of the most annoying traditions every year where like those. those I read that they like don't they, actually they do that. Sh- I was reading oh, they about don't? that. Yeah, I hear, I hear that's <laughs> okay. a big. So um, uh, Florio, I believe for Pro Football Talk, I don't know if he interviewed it or he linked to Don Shula at one point, um, like commenting on that. And he's like, we don't do that. Like That doesn't happen. The one thing I will say about those guys is I did agree with them when they were dismissive of the Patriots and their sure. run when they were undefeated. Cause they were like, well, who cares? It doesn't count. They cheat. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, they're right. They do cheat. Well, they also didn't close it out. <laughs> they lost. But I mean, even before they played that Super Bowl, they were already pre arguing sure. that their undefeated season didn't matter because they cheat. That's right. <laughs> and- Which I, res- I respected that. Uh, so last thought, finally wrapping up here. Love the warm welcome for Doug. Stadium wasn't like full at that point, but still, um, mm-hmm. the Eagles PA announcer, you know, and said like, and welcome back Doug Peterson after the Jags players had run out and they showed Doug and he gave a little clap, which is nice to see people stood up. I saw some people doing the We're not worthy, like bowing down stuff. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Like uh, great for Doug. I was happy for him. Uh, I was also happy that like, he didn't just get housed in this game too. Like they, they got up and it was like, Oh, kind of like, Hey, maybe this coach is decent. You know, he's, he's mm-hmm. kind of a decent coach. Sure. And then, you know, obviously the Eagles pulled away, but they still got into it. They still got in it. I didn't like the coward's draw from Doug. That was really bad. He had that, like, third and ten draw at one point. I was like, come on, uh-huh. Doug. Like, what are we doing here? But overall, um, happy for Doug. Love the video that the Jaguars posted of him shaking hands and, and hugging everyone after the game. Uh, hurts among them at the end. Like, Doug's the man. Um, it's Like uh, he gave Kelsey his jacket. Yeah. And Kelsey gave him his jersey. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I've never seen that before. That's, of course. That's funny, though. Um, but that's great. Doug's the man. Um, I, I I hope the Jags win the AFC South. I really do. I hope he continues to have success down there. Uh, he's great. He's the, he's the best. Um, is there any hope for special teams is my last really quick thing. They are okay. 30th in PFF grade and 29th in DVOA. They have not been good. And obviously, Elliot getting hurt isn't going to necessarily help matters. But everything else, like... Aaron Sipas freaking punting the ball into the end zone again. Like, what are we doing? Man? Yeah. And that wasn't even close, too. I think it actually did land in the, you know. Yes, in the field it did of land play. In the, in the, yeah. But it, it wasn't a punt where, like, no. you knew you knew it coming off his foot. Like, oh, that ball's going in the yeah. end zone just by the trajectory. And, you know, most of these punters can put, like, the, the you know, like the English on it. Almost like you're hitting, like, a pitching wedge and you hit it's the green and rolls back. Uh, this punt, like you, there was no way that that, that ball was checking up and that was supposed to be not supposed to be, that was what he was good at last year was sort of the, um, the pin them deep type punting. And he was terrible at the blast away punting this year. He's bad at both. So like, I mean, at some point, is he going to have a big mistake that cost you a game? Are one of these returners going to have a big mistake that costs you a game? And I don't know that they should necessarily go out and like trade for a returner or something like that. The minute you get a good kick returner is the minute they just start kicking it over your head. And maybe there is something to be said for that, starting at yeah. like the 25-yard yeah. line instead of the 18, yeah. which is nice. Uh, I think the concern is if, um, well, you know, Covey had the, had the muff 
week three against Washington. You don't want you didn't want to see that. If you see more of that, then maybe you do have to bring in an outside punter or punt returner, uh, kick returner, one way or the other. And I still think they should be on the lookout for a punter, as I've been kind of <laughs> like begging for uh, for the last year or so <laughs> with this team, because uh, he he just is not he's just not a, like a legit good NFL punter. He's yeah. bottom five in the league, has to be. Again, Howie Roseman had an excellent off season, but if you want to like fault him for some things, I don't think he did <laughs> a good job on special teams at all. And uh, yeah, that's so how how could you not give him competition? The way he ended last season, why would you not bring in even some like scrub college punter just to like. Even just yeah. for the the like the mental effect of like, hey dude, gotta step it up. Like, there's competition here. Like, you're you're on a couple notice. of one jobs, by the way. Like some of these undrafted free agent punters. Yeah, Ryan Stonehouse yep. from I think Denver beat out like a longtime punter there. Uh, there's another guy from Tulane. I forget his name, but he beat somebody out. Um, I know too much about punters. You, yeah, little, this is uh, pathetic. It's a little sad. Uh, but I mean, but the point is, like, they could have brought in an undrafted guy, and maybe he surprised you in camp, and they just didn't even give a, a guy that opportunity. On the returner note, I would say, I mean, another advantage of them just kicking it through the end zone, you're not fumbling on a kick return if they keep mm-hmm. doing that. So I would take that from that standpoint as well. Sure. Not that that's been an issue, knock on wood, so far, but still, um, like, I'd be fine with that. And then the other thing is, I feel like there has to be someone out there on that practice squad somewhere. Like this is where the pro personnel department, which has been strong in the past, um, like, and have come up with like decent in-season additions. This is where like they need to make their money here and find someone who, because I bet you there's like some corner out there who stinks as a corner, like can't cover a lick, but like could be like a good returner, like someone like yeah. that, or even like Jason <laughs> right. Huntley. He's not like a good offensive player, but he can return kicks. You're not using him in any other way. Yeah, yeah. like there has to be someone like that. <laughs> that you could like add to your practice squad or, or figure out a way to get on your team somehow. I feel like, you know, they have to do their homework on that and try to figure that out. Um, I would like to see them. That's a, that's a task for them. Try to figure that out. Cause I think it would, it would be nice to, to be able to add that not really fully believing in Covey here, but again, these are, this is a very, uh, we're nitpicking here. It's a very, you know, you'll sign up for that. I will say at this current rate, I think it's funny because you could argue that none of the Eagles three coordinators will be back next year because I think Steichen is, you know, a prime candidate to get hired. GG already drew a ton of attention last year. Yeah. And then I just don't think Michael Clay is going to be able to survive if, if the special teams continues to be like, I will say this for Clay. He did have them prepared for that onside kick against Detroit. Okay. Which is, it's something. It's something, but need to see more overall. It's been more bad than good. I felt like he needed some defending. Okay. So, all right. <laughs> but yeah, the defense keeps playing the way they're playing. JG's gone. I mean, as, he's as good as gone. Well, and Steichen and for offense. And too. you're right about Steichen. Yeah. So we did the, over, we did the over-unders last year for, um, and Brian Johnson as well also is an interesting candidate to watch yep, out for, for sure. Eagles quarterback coach. Um, but we did the over-unders last year as we always do every offseason. And I think I set 1.5 for coordinators hired away to head coaching jobs. And I took the over on that. So I'm feeling good about that mm. right now. Okay. Um, we'll see. Uh, and I included coordinators in there, I think. So in, like that would include Kevin Batulo too, potentially. If, does it all, if so does up. that also include Stout? Yes. Yeah. I, I say it has to have, if he has coordinator in his title, it's, it's eligible for that um, <laughs> distinction. So, but I don't think, I mean, why wouldn't. This, and then Denard Wilson accounts for it too, because I think he's what the passing, uh, the defensive passing game coordinator or something like that. Right. Yeah. Although, you know, probably more of a leap to DC than um, head coach, but we'll see. Um, yeah, real quick, last minute tangent. Why wouldn't a team hire Jeff Stoutland as their head coach? Like, I know maybe he doesn't want to do it, but like, if you're 
I don't know. I mean, even just offensive coordinator. Well, that too. Like, why? Not that I think. Not that I'm saying like someone do this, take him away from the Eagles. Eagles, you know, keep him at all costs. But like, if you're Jeff Stoutland, just throw buckets. Yeah, like, why of aren't money you throwing like? A ton I mean, of maybe, money? maybe, maybe they, maybe they've tried, and the Eagles have just matched uh, it. Very possible. I feel like we would. Yeah. That's something we would hear about, though. That would get leaked mm-hmm. out. Like, like that would get leaked out there because you'd make the Eagles look good. It's like, see, we're paying them. We're paying them all this yeah. money to stay. We right. don't want to lose them. Um, anyway, uh, that does it for the recap episode here on BGN Radio this week, 278. Uh, we will be back with you on, we'll record on Thursday morning, most likely, for our Eagles Cardinals preview. Make our NFL picks against the spread and all that good stuff, too. Uh, any final words, Jimmy? Crappy Thursday night game this week, isn't it? Broncos, Colts. Ah, uh, yes, the two horse teams. Mm. The Eagles, by the way, are six and zero in their last six games against animal teams, mm. and they had a six-game losing streak against bird teams mm. until they finally beat the Falcons week one of last season. Right? They haven't played a bird team since, so they'll look to get their own. They'll look to have a bird winning streak this week against the Cardinals. Make a bird. That's my make a bird. That's noise. my pre preview of this Eagles Cardinals matchup. Make a bird noise for us, Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Interesting route to go with. Uh, You can check out BGN sponsors by going to righteousselling.com using discount code BGN 15 for 15% off. Or if you're looking to buy, sell or rent a house, go to roachrealtors.com to contact Kristen Roach or call or text this phone number. 856-906-9292. Nine five. What did you think I was going to go with, like a squawk? I don't know. Maybe or some kind of like a predator bird. I went with like a like a. I went with more like a prey bird than a predator bird. You can check out my work at bleedinggreennation.com. You can check out Jimmy Kemsky's work at phillyvoice.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gowton at Jimmy Kemsky. I think I, I put the show notes. Or I put our handles in the show notes too. If that's easier for people, if they want to reach out and talk to us about the show, we always appreciate that. Um, I'll be recording the NFC East mixtape here in about an hour and a half. Um, so that'll be fun. I'll be talking with RJ soon. He'll certainly be very fired up about the Cowboys and acting like the Eagles don't exist in the same division for some reason. Like, it's funny how he's doing that. Um, also funny how... What's he, do- what's he doing? Like, he's like getting all hyped up about the Cowboys. And I'm like, you realize the Eagles are in the same division still, right? <laughs> and like are looking like better than that team? It's just weird to me. I, I get it. I, I get it. Though. I mean, they, they look like they were cooked after week one, and now all of a sudden they're three and one, winning with their defense and this crappy backup quarterback mm. that everyone's like praising. But he, you know, I mean, he hasn't done anything. And then we let me hear the listeners. I think want to hear what bird noise you would have gone with. Um, I was thinking of yeah, like something like that. We'll talk about the commanders too and what they have going on because there's some Carson Wentz stuff to get to later in the week. We'll, we'll address that all later. Giants are an interesting team to discuss too. Yeah, we'll get to all that. Well, and on the mixtape as well. So stay tuned mm-hmm. for that. Uh, we've already gone long here, but that's fine. We'll be back with you later this week. Goodbye, everybody. P G N. <laughs> <laughs>